This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. So here's the story today. I got to spend 10 precious moments with Vinnie Tolman. Vinnie Tolman is a nice guy, young husband and dad, and it's the 20th anniversary of his death. He was dead and gone for a good long time, wrapped up in a body bag. And then a miracle took place. Through the years on Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, I have had the pleasure and honor of speaking to several others who have had a journey like this, what you might call an NDE, a near-death experience. The most overwhelming story, of course, came from Dr. Eben Alexander, the neurosurgeon who was not a believer but saw God in a near-death experience. He wrote the book Proof of Heaven. And I also got to speak to Todd Burpo and his son, young Colton Burpo, who together wrote Heaven is for Real. That's a little boy who had a near-death experience and came back and told his parents about his ancestors that he met in heaven. The thing that I find so overwhelming is every time someone shares one of these stories with me about their NDE, their near-death experience, there are so many similarities. Like with little Colton Burpo, who's probably a grown man now in Heaven is for Real, he brought back stories of his great-grandfather, stories that the family couldn't deny. In Vinnie Tolman's story in the book The Light After Death, he finds out that Drake the guide that took him all through this heavenly landscape and taught him things, things that our soul dreams about. He found out after he was back here on earth that this guy, Drake, was his great-great-great-grandfather or something like that. He didn't know it when he was traveling around on the other side with Drake. This was revealed years later. The book is something I cannot recommend enough. Any of these books, really, Heaven is for Real by the Burpos, Dr. Eben Alexander, Proof of Heaven, and then Map of Heaven, he wrote after that, and Vinny's book, The Light After Death. I was happy to have just a few minutes with him. Hi, nice to meet you, Casey. Oh, so nice to meet you, too. So let's just jump right in. Tell us when you died. Uh, So this happened January 18th, 2003, and so I did just celebrate my 20th death day. Why did it take so long to get a book deal? We should have been reading about this for decades, Vinny. <laughs> you know what? That was my fault. Um, I shared this story verbally for about 10 years, 10, 15 years. And uh, finally, it was the demand of, of many ministers and preachers that I was sharing it to their congregation. They wanted me, they kind of demanded that I get a book out there. And so I started writing one. It was The hardest part for me, though, was to put into words this experience that that is so far outside our our ability to communicate here. Right. Uh, so that was the hardest part. And finally, I was able to do that with the help of, of Richard Paul Evans, my publisher, and, and also uh, Lynn Taylor, the writer, who is a, a gift from God himself, because he was able to put into words that, in a way that I never could uh, my experience. So I love that with both these amazing men's help, I was able to get this this experience out there for people. So there was an overdose to a muscle-building drug, and you died in a bathroom. Was that in Thailand, or was it in the United States? 
Uh, it was in it was in here in the United States, but the product was from Thailand. So I'd taken a it was a natural weightlifting supplement, but this supplement it was twenty times stronger when you buy it internationally than it was here in the United States. So it was way too much. So you're dead and you're in a body bag, and then a paramedic says, "Ah, well, let me practice on him and and try a little CPR." <laughs> so here's here's what happened. They they found the body. They pronounced it dead. They did try to resuscitate it, but it, there was no response. Um, you know, they they bagged the body. They put it in the back of a, an ambulance. And this brand new medic, it's his first week on the job. He's sitting in the back of the ambulance where the rookies sit. You know, he's sitting back there. He's watching this body bag. And he feels horrible that they they weren't able to bring it back. But while he's sitting there, he feels this intuition. He feels this gut instinct that he needs to try something. And so, you know, he takes an action that could have gotten him fired. He opens up that body bag. He feels around for a pulse. He can't feel any. um, But he does feel kind of like a little spark or a little shock. And that was enough for him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to try to resuscitate this guy. So he, he... he puts all this training, this brand new training that he just received, he puts it into play and starts using it on, on the body and, and brings the body back, gets the heart to come back. This is really where God's story starts, right? It is, yeah. So at this point, you know, I'm witnessing all of this. I didn't know it was my own body yet, uh, not until they transferred the body into the hospital, uh, which is a few minutes later. Um, did I actually know it was my body? And at that point, I realized it was my body. And I met a guide, a guy that was there to help me go wherever I wanted to go. He was going to help me either go back to my body or, you know, go travel the universe, see what's out there. And uh, I, I felt so much love coming from this gentleman. I asked him, I'm like, I want to go where that love is coming from that you showed me. And he said, well, yeah, I can take you to source. Uh, you're, that's a place that you would call heaven. And so we go there. We start on our journey, and it was a an amazing, very profound journey because it was not just a journey of distance. We weren't just moving from, you know, the earth space up to the heaven space. We were actually moving through different understandings. And I had to really raise my my understanding, my contemplation of the universe as I was on my journey to get there. It was uh, very profound, very profound. And we'll read all about it in the book, The Light After Death by Vincent Tolman. There's so much to uh, delve into there, and we'll let our listeners you know, find that all in the book. Where does Earth stand in relationship to the other things you've seen in this journey? So Earth is a classroom, not the only classroom, but a classroom. And it's a classroom that we we choose to come here so that we can... Um, learn to make decisions. And just like the kids who, who never leave home, um, they tend to have a hard time making their own decisions. And so for us to, to learn how to make good decisions and make our own decisions, we had to step away from home. And that's essentially what it is. It's, it's just on a grander scale, of course. We're stepping away from our, our creator space, our heaven space, and we step into this classroom called Earth, we learn lessons, we learn how to react to life, and we learn how to, to master our thoughts or not master them. That depends on what our journey is here. And um, we're able to embody uh, a sense of growth and, and, and growing on our soul. And then we go back to heaven. It's a, a beautiful thing, though. A beautiful process built out of love. The entire system is built on love. And love is the very reason that we had to leave heaven to learn. Because there's so much of it there that everything that the Creator wants, we want. 
we're in such synchronization or syncopation with the creator there that everything the creator wants, we want. And it was very hard for us to distinguish our, our own choices, our own thoughts. So that's why we chose to step away and go to this classroom for, you know, 20 to 100 years, somewhere in there. And, uh, and then we step back and we, we take with us the lessons we learned and the relationships we built. We don't take any of our wealth. We don't take any of our jewelry. And, uh, you know, it's worthless there because things are so much more grand and gloryful there um, that, that none of that would even exist there because it's so uh, low density and everything there is such high frequency. What does God want us to do while we're here? So number one, number one thing God wants us to stop doing is stop judging ourselves and stop judging each other and stop um, trying to put labels on everything and everyone and, and get over ourselves, get over that and start learning to master our thoughts. Our thoughts are where we begin to create as human beings, and literally we can create our own, our own reality with our thoughts. Um, you know, the glass can be either half full or half empty. The difference is our thoughts, how we think about it. And God wants us to choose to think that the glass is half full, no matter what's going on around us. And when we can really master our thoughts and learn from our past, uh, you know, let our past stay where it is, but learn from it and, and plan for the future with intention. Use our, our thoughts and intentions. We can really start creating a new reality for ourselves. But the hardest part for today is most of us are so distracted with technology, we're not even putting intention or thought into anything anymore. We're just reacting to everything. We react to this. We react to that. It's very seldom are we putting thought or intention into anything. So it's important for us to uh, recognize the opportunity there to step away from technology and step into actually living, yeah, literally living in God's, God's light. Do you hear from the paramedic? Um, you know, I, I sat down and had lunch with them uh, about a month after my experience, and, and I tried to reach out about a year later, almost two years later, and uh, without resolve. I wasn't able to get a, a hold of him after that. but. He, he did, has sense, I know, for a fact that he's now a fireman, so he, he kind of switched fields. He's still in the, the uh, first responders category, mm-hmm. but he works on the fire side of things now, yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll get to see him in the movie. There has to be a movie, Vinny. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it, it took a lot of convincing for me to even do a book. It took a lot of time, so, so we'll see. I, I love that uh, the story really connects people to their creator, and I, I love that. And, and that's why I share it. I share it so that if, if it helps you connect to your own creator, then, then I feel it serves its purpose. Do you feel that this whole thing was part of God's plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, the, the first thing I wanted to do as soon as I got back was to go back to heaven. Um, I didn't want to be here. And the one thing I was told right before I left heaven was, uh, you know, my guy Drake, he hugged me and he said, Vinny, this is going to be very hard, but it's going to be worth it. And I keep telling myself that, that I need to keep remembering that it's going to be worth it. And it has, it has many times over. And I, I keep making it worth it with my choices and with my thoughts. That's where I get to create my own reality. All right, I have to let you go. I love you, Vinny Tolman. Have a wonderful life. Keep doing great things. 
Hey, thank you so much, Casey. So nice to meet you. Have a blessed day. So that's Vinnie Tolman. He was found dead in the bathroom of a small restaurant after taking a supplement with his friend. They were bodybuilding. It turned out to be tainted. The friend got very, very sick, and Vinnie died in the bathroom. And it was 40 minutes later when he was in a body bag and was being taken away that a paramedic felt moved by an inner voice to open the body bag and paddle this guy back to life and then do a tracheotomy. While the other paramedics are yelling, stop, you're gonna get fired, you can't do this. But this paramedic was a newbie and he felt a spark in his heart and from Vinny when he opened the body bag. This amazed doctors, the story in the book is amazing to recount that the moment Vinny's guide on the other side, Drake, lets him go from a bear hug, Vinny wakes up perfectly normal and well in the hospital. There are so many people who can corroborate the story. All of the doctors, all of the nurses. He woke up perfectly well, but in so much psychic pain, in so much mental pain, his physical body felt so constrictive after traveling in his light body and being fed by the light universe and seeing all that's waiting for us on the other side. And I don't mean to offend your sensibilities if this isn't your belief system. I just want to call your attention to the story, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back by Vincent Tolman. One of the things he talks about in the book is how living life now, he's more mindful of what he puts into his body. He was always a healthy eater and a bodybuilder, but now his diet goes beyond that. He doesn't take in violence in entertainment. He doesn't take in or participate in the division on social media. And he tries to retrain his mind to live at that high energy vibration of simply loving each other, of simply letting differences be differences and not reason to go to combat against our brothers and sisters. Oh, I could just go on and on. The Light After Death, Vincent Tolman. Vinny Tolman, by the way, is from Arlington, Texas. He's traveled all around the world. He's lived in Cambodia, Thailand, Alaska, spent a little time in heaven. And what I found so striking, too, was his description of heaven matches so closely to Dr. Eben Alexander's map of heaven. So many of the scenes they describe are so similar. And they speak to the things that we know to be true in our hearts about the energy in nature, about the healing vibration of the universe, about the universe being alive, about the universe being cooperative in its support of life. It's trippy, dude. And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, maybe Vinnie Tolman read Dr. Eben Alexander's book from years ago. You just learn one little thing about Vinnie Tolman. He was not reading any books about heaven before he went there. He was like a weightlifting, construction dude, have a beer after work kind of guy. Maybe two. I actually slept with the book under my pillow the other night because I wanted to be so close to the words. I wanted to be so close to the feeling. I wanted the images just seep into my head. And the messages I found were so closely aligned to the precepts of Reiki. Do not anger. Do not judge. Do not worry. Reiki, like heaven, is at a very high vibrational frequency. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, where we are always talking about how to live well.
Our next guest is a scientist, Dr. Carolyn Curley, a tenured biology professor at the University of California. She wrote a book called The Guidance Groove. So, Dr. Curley, you want to use science to try to figure out where intuition comes from? Correct. Intuition, instinct, guidance, inner voice, light, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to read this sentence back to you. The mechanism by which instincts become ingrained with an animal's DNA is not yet known, but the evidence for the existence of instinctual response is myriad, and scientists are working to discover how the neural circuitry in animals governs this intuitive guidance. What does that mean? It means that I am a scientist, and I love data, and I cannot find a way to describe what is intuition, what is instinct that can be supported with scientific data. So we don't know the mechanism that allows us to connect to our intuition or our instinct or our guidance, but we know it exists because we all describe it, we all talk about it. It permeates popular culture and spiritual traditions and everything around us, poetry, etc. And so we know it exists, but we don't exactly know the mechanism yet. What if the mechanism isn't in our physical body? It could be, absolutely. But we don't know what causes us to have those sensations that we know to be our intuition or our instincts, right? We're not exactly sure. Science doesn't know what exactly is going on to give us that we read as our instinct or intuition. So, for example, in in the book I talk about my friend Chris, who's a Navy SEAL, who was in a life-threatening situation in Iraq, and he followed his instincts all day long to stay alive. And yet he also gets instincts when he's trying to make more personal decisions in his life, like whether to approach or enter into a relationship with an intimate partner. And he told me a story of how he got guidance from his deepest instinct telling him one particular partner would never learn to trust him. He knew that from the outset, and yet he went ahead into the relationship because his brain was telling him all these other things, like he was beautiful and smart and funny and good. And four years later when they broke up, why? It was because she never learned to trust him. His instinct was right. But where did that come from? Was it some signal that he was picking up? Was it some deeper insight? Who knows? We don't know where that comes from, but we do know that we all have had experiences of full-body yeses or full-body noes when we're faced with a decision or even more subtle things like, I'm going to cross the street because this doesn't feel quite right or this person in front of me, I'm not supposed to spend time with them, but we tend to ignore that voice even though we all know we have it. What does your research look like? How do you go about doing what you do? So my scientific research investigates what animals eat and where they spend their time so that the lab that I run at the University of California, San Diego, we can use those data to take conservation actions to try and preserve habitat or otherwise guard animals or specific areas to protect them so we can, you know, conserve species and habitats. But the work that led to this book was not based on the same type of research that I do for my science job. This was based on understanding how humanity can miss 
a life of living wholly, like a coming from a place of wholeness. We spend so much time in our mental realm, in our thinking brains, in our logical selves, because that's what society tells us is valuable and important. And we walk through the world believing those false thoughts in our brains instead of integrating our entire selves into every single decision that we make as we move throughout the day we get stuck in our logic brains and i wanted to understand why that was why as humans we tell ourselves these stories and so this book came out of a desire to understand that and it's not based on research questions such as i would do if i were conducting an investigation in my conservation lab it's based on my observations of humanity and my understanding of how we can get to a place of more contentment and ease and even joy by living from authenticity. And research data does demonstrate over and over again that when you live your own authentic path, which is defined as tuning into and listening to that voice inside of you that knows what to do every single time and living by that voice, then you are happier. Being authentic correlates with lots of different metrics of well-being. And to be that most authentic self is to not listen to the false voices in your brain that are telling you lies, that are telling you that you're inadequate or you're obligated or that resources are scarce or that you're not worthy. And to quiet those voices and feel into your intuitive, instinctual guidance self to listen to that voice, approach life from that place of wholeness and authenticity. That's Dr. Carolyn Curley. She wrote The Guidance Groove. If you'd like some support in trusting your intuition. I so wanted to tell her where intuition came from, but she's on the path. She'll get there. The book The Guidance Groove by Carolyn Curley, K-U-R-L-E. Escape unproductive habits, trust your intuition, and be true. One thing she said that resonated me is your true intuition, your inner guidance, your inner voice, it will never put you down. It will never shame you. It will never say, you have to do this. It's your obligation. It will never minimize what's important to you. It will never make you feel fearful. Your inner voice is always precise, clear, efficient, definitive, supportive, compassionate, non-judgmental, kind, and brief. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Our winter retreat is almost sold out February 17th at Mariondale in Ossining. I hope to see you there. We're going to have Reiki, meditation, journaling, crystal bowls, a crystal harp, tuning forks, sage, yoga, nature walks. You'll get your energy all cleaned up so you can hear your intuition clearly. Or stop by and say hi anytime at caseysplace.com. Our thought for the day is from one of my favorite gurus, Henry Winkler, who said, your mind knows only some things. Your inner voice, your instinct knows everything. If you listen to what you know instinctively, it will always lead you down the right path. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.